If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to episode 258 of the Weekly Exchange. This week, there's a lot of news to cover. So we go over Age of Wonders Planetfall, Warhammer 40k Gladius, Stars in Shadow, Astro Exodus, and way more. So stay tuned. Hey, Rob. Welcome to the show. Hey, Nate. Glad to be here. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm doing well. There's a lot of news to cover this week, so I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, so let's get going. Let's do this. Let's do it. What do we got first? We have Age of Wonders Planetfall, which actually has two updates this week. One in the mm-hmm. form of Ankylosaurus 2, which is like a quick little uh, like hotfix almost to some of the issues that came mm-hmm. out with Ankylosaurus 1. And it's mm-hmm. pretty underwhelming for the most part, but it's got some balance updates, some bug fixes and stuff like that. And then the bigger of the two updates, which is where they're starting to talk about some free stuff that's coming with Ooh. the expansion that's clearly... Who doesn't love free stuff? Yeah, free stuff's great. So it looks like they're kind of adopting the Paradox Interactive model where they have an expansion come out and then along with that expansion, they're going to push some free new features. Mm-hmm. This one is called Orbital Relays, which sounds like you're going to be able to eventually exploit land sectors using an orbital relay sector. And mm-hmm. uh, with that, you can use that to generate various types of income through like diplomacy or your operations or defense. There's a lot of information here. It would take me forever to go over it. So I would just mm-hmm. recommend clicking on the link if you're interested in hearing about it. But it sounds like they're trying to do some stuff to speed up the mid to in, uh, mid to late game because a lot of the mm. relays can actually uh, increase your uh, movement speed and stuff like that too. So huh. it makes me think a little bit of Stellaris when you have uh, your um, exploration ship and your scientists essentially boosting research on a planet or a station. You know, when you have them in orbit and there's instead of exploring or doing something, they're boosting research. Or in endless space too, when you have you have something similar going on with the basically the mega ships, where yeah, one of them can the be used to yep, you can use them to support various aspects of your economy. So okay, that's interesting. That's that's an interesting use. I, I you know actually I think they had that in Civ also, in Civ five, was it Civ five or Civ four? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and it, it does seem like it's similar to that. So. What will end up being is that you can start using these orbital relays to basically just boost all of the stuff that you'll need to basically speed the game up a little bit. So mm. um, I think it's a great idea. So it'll be interesting to see how this all comes out. And it's really exciting for me to hear maybe more about what's coming next because Age of Wonders Planetfall definitely is something a game, a game I, I still play and I enjoy. So Right. Well, I expect that a couple of days after 
we post this, it's going to be revealed at PDXCon, which is the weekend after the show goes up. So <laughs> the, that weekend is going to be a whole lot of news. Well, right. It'll yeah. probably be a long show. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about that because I have a feeling we're going to have a Lost Dolores news, some Age of Wonders Planetfall mm -hmm. news, and mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. some news about their new Grand Strategy, strategy game. So, yeah. Well, we'll talk, we'll talk more about that later. All right. Well, the second news item is for Warhammer 40K Gladius Relics of War, and they just announced something called the Fortification Pack DLC. Now, this is not another major faction, so we still have two major factions that have not been brought into the game, but the Tau and the Eldar. I mean, there could be offshoots and things like that, but those are the major ones right now. So this is basically introducing six units to the six existing factions, and each of these units will bolster a particular aspect of them. So, for example, the Astro Militarm, otherwise known as the Imperial Guard, get Void Shields, and that will play a very big role, and things of that nature. So basically, each faction will get something that's unique to that faction. And on the one hand, I think that's really cool. That is really cool because that is definitely fleshing out the game. On the other hand, uh, I don't know. It's not sexy. If I can, right. if I can say it, you know. I mean, I can say it. I mean, if it applies, a lot of times people, players, they don't like this type of procedural stuff. They want to have new things each time. And when you do something like this, they're like, oh, I was hoping it would be something else. And the real, the real big issue is how much is this going to cost? So this is probably going to be out uh, probably a day after uh, we publish the show. So we won't know until then. But if it's anything like the last one that came out that wasn't a major faction, uh, I have a feeling people are not going to be very happy. So it remains to be seen. I personally am excited for it because I think Gladys is a fantastic game. And this uh, this DLC will come with additional balance changes and hopefully more tweaks to the AI to keep improving it. They've been working on it. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I'm curious. Is there a price point yet? I haven't seen it. Yeah. So that's going to be the that's going to be the yeah. determining factor for me. It depends on how much it's going to cost. Yeah. Well. Unless I'm looking somewhere else, I'm not. I don't see a price point for this, so they have not revealed it yet. All right. Well, maybe we can report on that next week. So the next thing yes. we're talking about is Stars and Shadow, which mm -hmm. kind of coincidentally is a game that I just re-examined, and mm -hmm. I wish I'd waited <laughs> because now there's this huge update that just came out on the seventh and seventh of October, and it basically it does a lot for the economy and the difficulty. So in a lot of ways, it's done some really great things for the economy. It sounds like not only did they pretty much overhaul how everything works and how much everything costs, but they've also done some things about like base income and stuff like that to better balance things and make it a little bit more difficult, but mm. also just fair. So there's a lot of good things here. I, I, there's so many gameplay changes that I couldn't possibly go over all of them, but it's clear that they mm -hmm. are working on this game very hard still, even mm -hmm. if it's, you know, kind of in, uh, you know, like bursts. It's but, been a little quiet, but I mean... Right, but they're still working on it almost three years after that, Exactly. Essentially, that's what it boils down to, so... Yeah, and so I think the exciting part, too, is that if you go into their forums, they're they're very heavily hinting at what's to come next, which is an expansion 
featuring mm. another alien race and some terraforming mechanics. So I'm excited. I, I can't wait because I think Stars and Shadow is one of the better games out there right now. And it's fun to just drop down, play for two or three hours, beat it, lose, whatever it is, and then move mm-hmm. on. So it's one of those games I really enjoy when I have, you know, only a few hours to play and I, I want to play a 4X game. So Nice, nice. All right. Well, the next news item is for Astra Exodus. This is the third dev diary called Game Modes. And uh, the dev is telling us about the campaign, which is going to have branching um, missions. Now, it'll be interesting. What we're being told is that we're going to, based on the choices we make, there'll be other branches. So it sounds a bit like Thea. It sounds a bit like um, maybe even Stellaris a little bit, you know? So... uh, We'll see how that goes, but uh, for me, what's really interesting is that I, I I tend to not do the campaign all that often. When when I have an option, I try not to. So um, yeah, what I like to do is I like to play sandbox, and here it's called skirmish. And basically, you go in, you can set which victory conditions, you can set who you're playing as, and just various choices. What's one thing like when I was looking it over real quick? So, I personally haven't played Astra Exodus, I watched your videos, but when I just looked at this dev diary, there is like that first picture called the first uh screen grab into the black looks a lot like Stars and Shadow. And I was like, Wait, Stars and Shadow? And you're like, And you told me, No, 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 it's that's how it is. So, it's kind of cool. It's I think Stars and Shadow inadvertently is having an effect on the wider gaming sphere because. You know, I see a couple of similarities. Yeah, and something I've said before, and I do believe I mentioned it in my re-examination, is that I think hand-drawn art is timeless in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, it, 3D art clearly will have a life, like, right? It'll eventually look awful. <laughs> Even next generation, sometimes your 3D art looks awful. So, and I'm mm. not saying this to denigrate anybody, but, like, if you go back and you look at Interstellar Space Genesis... I think some of the 3D art there is not going to age very well. But a game mm. like a game like Astro Exodus or Stars and Shadow, where they have you know 95% of it's hand drawn, mm. it just it's an easier game to go back to 10 years from now, right? Because the hand drawn stuff doesn't get old. It's always going to be that way. It's always going to look that way, and it's always going to look rather unique, in my opinion. So I actually like the hand drawn art style. I I think that's a strength of well, Astro Exodus. If we're going to be honest here, it's not hand-drawn, it's digital. But. Right, but I'm saying like it has a hand-drawn look to it. Like It's got like a comic right. book style to it. So I, and, and I, Graphic I, novel. Right, yeah. And I, I like that better than I like the attempt to make 3D art or make realistic art. So especially mm-hmm. because, well, I mean, I don't mind realistic art. I mean, it, it has a, a, a less of a life in the long term mm-hmm. of things. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm digging it. And... Yeah, Astro Exodus is a game that we'll be watching pretty closely because I think there's it's it is going to be like I said last week there is that is probably definitely going to be the next major 4X release so mm-hmm. we'll keep an eye on it closely. Absolutely. So we also have a Galactic Civilizations 3 update which is also another game that seems to be in development forever which is awesome. But it said basically that they are gearing up to have version 3.95 pushing mm-hmm. very soon, which is going to have some quality of life things and some bug fixes. But they also said that now, from now on, this point forward, that 
any future changes or anything are going to be part of the base game. They're not going to come in the form of an expansion. That they are done with expansions, but they're not done with DLC. So huh. I don't know what they have up their sleeve. They are marching towards a 4.0 release. So, mm-hmm. you know, they've done a pretty good job of making each of their like major version changes a pretty big deal. So Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see what 4.0 brings. And I'm I'm also even just very happy to see that they continue to support the product, which Sardic is known for. I really think that Sardic is, you know, probably maybe even one of the like trendsetters there where you know, they were supporting Fallen Enchantress and Elemental way past any... What, I mean, they've else. had updates this year for them. I know, right? And it's just for Fallen Enchantress. I don't know about Elemental. Elemental hasn't... <laughs> I think that's that's like the game that shall not be mentioned. Well, and so... But to be fair with that, though, when all that went down, you know, anyone who bought Elemental ended up getting oh, Fallen yeah. Enchantress and Legendary Heroes for free anyways. Oh, yeah. For sure. For so sure. They're, they're basically you know, uh, continuing to iterate on a game that at this point is over 10 years old. So it's it's pretty awesome to see. And that's something that Stardock has always been good for. And they're usually not people... They, I mean, they've been stepping up their DLC game for sure to kind of stay with Paradox and stuff like that. But they've also been very adamant about making sure their games are as best as they can get. So yeah, good to see Galactic Civilizations 3 continue to be updated and continue to be worked on and We'll see what 3.95 comes, what it does, and then what 4.0 brings. Right. And speaking of Stellaris, uh, we had this uh, quick little patch 2.4 called Lee come out this past week. and um, Out of nowhere. Yeah, like nobody was expecting it. So I'll break it down into two parts. You have the general, which the general part where they're talking about a new launcher. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. And then uh, just some uh, graphical changes that they made, some supp- some cloud saving support. Uh, then they so that that's for the general. So the launch and then a couple of those general fixes. Then there's some balance fixes, a bunch of UI adjustments, AI stability, bug fixes, the usual, that kind of stuff. But the thing is, what's interesting is that I don't know. So, okay, so as it stands right now, modding is huge in Stellaris. It is It plays a massive component. A lot of the things that people don't like that has been changed from version to version, modders jump back in and retweak it. And, you know, if, <clears throat> if you can think of it, there's pretty much probably a mod out there to address a concern or to present a scenario that will make everybody happy. For the, I think. I'm not 100% sure. But I'm pretty certain that there is there is something out there for everybody. And this version breaks mods. And I don't know. I'm not a modder. I'm not dialed into the modding community. So I don't know. I know a couple. I can ask them. But in the past, when they've had version changes like this, I think modders had a little bit of a head start, especially for the bigger mods, so they can tweak it. So when the patch drops, they can, you know, adjust their mods to work with the new versions but i saw a lot of modders just basically gnashing their teeth because nobody they didn't know and it's like all oh, these mods are all of a sudden broken and people are just you know complaining why did you break your mod and the modders like i didn't break my mod i have no control over the patching of stellars you know so that that's that's one thing now the second thing with this launcher so apparently they've been using this for some of their other games 
and it's supposed to just make the whole experience better. I haven't played Stellaris in a while, so I don't know. As it was before, it was very cumbersome and took a long time to get going. And with this new version, it's supposed to be much faster, much cleaner interface. But my issue is that in the other version, you weren't bombarded with all the other products that they're selling. So your launcher was cumbersome. Your launcher was slow. But like, if you didn't really want to look at, oh, you should check this out, you should check that out, you didn't have to because it wasn't so prominent. I think on this one, I think it's going to be a lot more prominent and they're going to be promoting their other games and whatnot. I don't know. I, I don't like that personally. The faster launches, you know, the cleaner interface, everything being in one spot, I do like. The being bombarded with, hey, you should check this game, you should buy this, you should buy that. I don't want that. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't like that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like this weird connectivity thing that I'm not a big fan of. It's just, I get that they're, you know, like they've clearly got other games and all that stuff, but it's just, it does start to feel like an ad when I open my game. Right. And I'm not a big fan yeah, of that. You're it, right. So, yeah, but, you know, and the other news of Stellaris is that they are mm -hmm. clearly hinting at some pretty drastic overhauls to some of their gameplay mechanics coming mm -hmm. uh, into the uh, PDX con week. And I, um, I've been trying to piece them together. They've probably posted six or seven screenshots of various things that are, mm -hmm. that are coming, uh, like some ethics changes and, mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of screenshots that clearly show they're they're taking this whole like politics and diplomacy thing very seriously and that we're going to see a lot. Supposedly, actually, in a recent tweet um, mm -hmm. in response to a question about what any of those tweets meant and what any of those screenshots meant, we're going to learn more about what's coming before PDXCon. Yeah, probably next Thursday or at the time of listening to this, probably the day after we... We uh, post this. People, they're gonna post up a dev diary or something. Like that is my guess, like a prequel dev diary. Yeah, preliminary. So, right. So, yeah, and just a few days after you hear this too, it'll be PDXCon, and we'll be getting all the information. And then, of course, we'll be digesting that and talking about that next week as well. But mm -hmm. yeah, the if you haven't checked out the screenshots, we'll make sure to post them in the, the notes below. But there are quite a few things that are being hinted at, and it sounds like, or it looks like to me that. Uh, a lot of cool things are coming to Stellaris. I don't. I can't even. I, I can't even really comment on them because they are just very generic teases, very mm -hmm. small little like snippets of screenshots and stuff like that, where they're showing icons that I've never seen before. There, uh, there yeah. is a particular screen where they clearly have like ethics and like a slider, and basically it shows kind of where I think your empire falls on various ethic lines and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know what to say because there's just not any information right now. But it does look like they are really ramping up the hype train. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm not for on it. it. I'm not on it. I am because I'm I'm ready to get back into Stellaris. I want to get back into Stellaris. No. So I'm, I'm hoping no, that no. I'm that's not what I mean. I don't mean that. I want to get back into it too. That's not what I meant. I'm just not on the hype train because I'm going to I'm going to talk about something a little bit later. I'm going to bring up this topic when we have our topical discussion a little later, and I'm going to mention this thing, and I'll explain why I'm not. I'm I'm I've gotten off of almost everybody's hype train. There's very few hype trains I'm willing to get on anymore. All right, so that's so, yeah, a little teaser of things that come for us. Then, yes, stay tuned. yes. 
So tell me about Total War right. Warhammer 2. Yeah, so there was a... Um, if you're a player of Total War Warhammer games, uh, there was recently a um, a release, and as part of the release, there was this um, a paid DLC, and as part of this, there was like this free content that was timed, where if you were a fan of a Games Workshop and you followed their newsprint, uh, White Dwarf, uh, you got access to Gotrek and Felix, who are amazingly awesome heroes and they got really cool books and there's specific rules and whatnot one is a, um, a slayer and the other one is basically his um chronicler who, who follows him around that's felix and you know keeps track of his adventures gotrick is the dwarf gotrick gunnison anyways so they got released and uh they, there were some issues so this uh beta this patch beta is essentially addressing a bunch of them as well as other changes that were made so it's nothing major and uh i believe that sometime towards maybe the middle of october end of october it gotrick's gotrick and felix will become available for everybody but i'm not 100 percent sure so yeah it's again nothing big we haven't had any major news for a while we don't know what's happening with total war warhammer 3 uh the last couple of releases, I mean, I've been seeing this on Steam all across, like mixed results or mixed reviews everywhere. So I have an, I have an idea about that, but that too is going to be a topic we're going to discuss a little later. So we'll, we'll kind of have to see. But I mean, from the people that I know that are playing the Total War Warhammer games, every one of them just absolutely adores the games. So, well, Warhammer, and I know you like Three Kingdoms. Yes. Yeah. So. I will eventually dive in. I think once I, I know that I mean they, they've been pretty open about Warhammer Three, right? Uh, well, they were open about it about I think a year and a half ago. I haven't seen word since then. Right, but they've said uh, like from the get go that this is like a three part series. From yes, Anderson. yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I feel like once Warhammer Three comes and maybe with sometime after that they'll have like a compilation pack, and that'll be when I pick it up because I just <laughs> yeah I don't know. What's really interesting is that you have you have the campaign from the first game and you have a campaign from the second game. And in the second game, you can actually play the campaign of the first game and whatever DLC you own from the first game will work in the second game. So essentially, you got like an upgraded game engine with all these new uh, bigger map with all this other stuff to do that you can play the campaign from the first game. And from what I hear, you need to have a beast of a computer to pull it off because there's something like 136 factions in the game. Holy. 134. Yes. So just imagine that. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> thing, the other thing holding me back too is that there's like an insane amount of DLC and expansions now yeah. for that game. And I just, I'm one of those kind of people that feel like, I don't know, weird about getting into a game. And not having everything, so yes, I know what I you mean, mean. I could probably start it and see if I like it, and then go from there, and then maybe even refund it if I didn't like it. But I would just, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> a little segue later, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the idea is for me that I would just have a hard time. I, yeah, I just I'm, I'm somebody who when I know that there's like lizard men that have been added or whatever. I don't I don't know I don't remember which factions have been added, but. Yes, Lizardmen have been added. Correct. Right. So, like, I would want to know. I'd want to. I'd want to have those. So, I. I'd, I'd want a, a 
basically like a complete edition and then I'll jump in. So you can get, I believe, a complete edition for Total War Warhammer 1. 2 is not done yet, so I'm guessing at the counter going probably maybe two more major expansions with some intermittent DLC in between, like adding more stuff to like shorter campaigns and things like that with some hero, some new lords and things like that, you know, but a couple of units for each of the factions is my guess. I'm not basing this on anything. I'm just basing it on the lore itself and the location of where the game is going down. So, all right. Well, Rob, why don't you talk about today's what is game, Immortal Realms Vampire Wars? So some of you may have already seen my post last week where I did a Let's Explore for this game. It's called Immortal Realms Vampire Wars. It's being developed by a, a group that I'd never heard of called Palindrome Interactive. There we go. I was trying to think of the name. Palindrome Interactive. And there's somebody, like I said, I've never heard of them before, but they're creating this game where you are basically in control of various vampire clans. And if you would actually think for a moment on how... Total War Vampire Wars would sound. It's pretty mm. much like that. So it has a very Total War feel to it. You're basically set on a map that you don't see the majority of, but they are unfortunately not like randomly generated. So mm. you have a map where you're going to set out and explore a lot like Forex games as well. And you're going to explore your surrounding regions. And each region has a particular spot or like uh, settlement or resource or right exactly and something you, there you claim each of those regions and then there's also this card combat element to it well actually there's this card element to it period where you can use cards to uh, bolster your units reduce the cost of new units or even claim particular regions and various things like that and then you have turn-based combat instead of real-time combat like the total war games mm -hmm. and there's also cards involved in that too so a lot of the cards and this tactical combat correct yeah it's it's turn-based tactical combat and you know you you set forth with your your minions and your vampire lords and you use those cards to bolster your army there too mm. and inflict damage on the other army or you know use various skills and stuff like that so there's a lot here that I really like. I am super impressed by it. I have been enjoying it quite a bit. I was fortunate enough to get into the open beta. and You posted a video, right? Right, yeah, and I posted the video too. So if you guys haven't checked that out and you're, you know, you're curious to know what the hell a Vampire War Total War game would be like, you should check it out, especially if you prefer turn-based combat over, to, over the real-time combat from Total War. And also, if you don't mind cards, you know, like here, I think they're really innocuous. They're definitely not offensive. They they work basically as spells. And on the strategic map, they work as one-time spells. So anytime you use one of those cards, that's it. It gets mm. discarded. But in the strategic game or the strategic tactical combat, <laughs> that's actually... <laughs> yeah, in the tactical combat. <laughs> an oxymoron, yeah. In the tactical combat, you'll use those cards over and over again because they're replenished every time you go into battle. And then also, mm -hmm. they're also replenished every few turns. So, like, each card has a replenishment rate of, like, Oh, so, like, one. a cooldown or something like that? Yeah, basically, like, a cooldown. But just, like, spells, right? So, that's why right. I'm saying they they, fo they they basically work more like spells than they do, like, cards. So You know what it makes me think of? 
What's that? I know what you think. You think you th- you're like, oh, I know what you're gonna say, Nate, but you don't. Makes me think a little bit about Armello. It is very similar to Armello. I think that it it plays a lot like it does. Um, I mean, in in the way that I mean, it's cards, different right? than Armello. It's right, no, right. But it, not just they, cards, but the territories too, the map too. Because in Armello, the only time that you have an encounter when you're fighting someone when there's no event is when you have two armies essentially the hero with their retinue stepping on a tile that has another hero with their retinue otherwise basically whatever you step on is what you now control so that's how our mellow works and when i was watching your video that's the impression i got from it does that sound about right yeah no i'd say that that's a pretty accurate description pretty accurate comparison nice well then, I'm def- my interest level has definitely gone up. Yeah, and so they're targeting a fall um, 2019 release, which I imagine could be all the way soon. up to December 22nd. So it mm-hmm. depends on how. I know that they, from what I understand, from what I've read, and maybe you know, I don't know if the plans have changed, but they have mm-hmm. three vampire clans implemented now. One of which you can't play in the open beta, and then they have a fourth coming. Mm. So I don't know what the fourth is. I don't know what they are like, but. The three of them now feel very asymmetric, and anyone who knows me who's seen anything that I've ever said about anything knows that I like asymmetry very Just much. Just a little bit. Yeah, I love it. A little so bit. the factions do have asymmetry. They have unique units. They have unique skills and strengths, and they actually have completely unique skill trees. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm just for me right now. I'm head over heels with it. I. I, I really want to see it succeed. It's a game that I haven't seen anyone talk about, which is crazy to me. But mm. I also think it's because they're not really doing anything to promote it yet. So mm. I'm hoping so that changes. Here's our chance to talk about it, right? Yeah, right. Here's a chance. I've also reached out to a few of the uh, the bigger YouTube channels that I know mm-hmm. um, and said, hey, look, there's this game I think you might like. And maybe you'll see them play them. I, I, that would be awesome because I think that the game deserves more attention. Absolutely. All right. So now we got some topics. So there's a really hot button topic. And there's one that's, I think, an interesting topic. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with the number five. The number five. Okay. So this topic is how does five sound? Now, when people hear that, people are going to be like, what, what is he talking about? How many digits he has on his hands and feet? Uh, something weird because Babylon 5, obviously. No. So there was a conversation I was having with a couple of our regulars on the Discord channel earlier in the week, and we were talking about, funny enough, it started with the Epic Store. I mean, as all conversations these days seem to start, and it shifted into the difference between the Epic Store and the Steam Store. And then, of course, from there, obviously, the you know natural progression from that would be going to piracy you know, pirating games. I mean, obviously, right? I mean, where else could we talk about? So the real question was, is what, like I asked a ghost, so what's the deal with piracy? They're like, well, you know, I, I demo games for free. And it's like, really? And it's like, and I would, this is what I was said. It's like, yeah, I, you know, I demo games this way. And if I see what I like, I go out and I buy the game. So essentially, and I've heard this used many times and I've heard this used by people who, I was surprised when I heard them say that. So what some people, the pirate games say is that because a lot of games do not have a demo and you don't really know what you're getting, you you 
pirate game, check it out. If you see what you like, you're like, okay, this is a good game. I, you know, I'll go out and get a key, a legit key, support the developer. And I asked, I go, well, Steam has a refund policy. You know, if you play the game under two hours or you own the game, I think it's 14 days. So with, under two hours and 14 days or 14 days after you buy, you get the key, you can get a full refund. And they're like, yeah, but you know, not a lot of games are out there where you get a real good feel for the game in two hours. A lot of games, the first two to four hours are just absolutely amazing. And then everything afterwards just completely drops off. And that's true. There's quite a few games that fall into that category. And I'm not speaking specifically about 4X. I'm just talking about games in general. So I said, what about five hours? And the response was, yeah, you know, the devs, a lot of times, they're not thinking about five hours, 10 hours, 20 hours. They're, they're really looking at those first couple hours. What about 4X games? Well, five hours, in a lot of cases, if you're not completely new to the genre, will tell you enough about whether you want to keep checking something out or not. Because when I play a 4X game, unless I know for a fact that it is an amazing game and I'm just terrible at it and I'm going to need a lot of practice to get good at it, five hours usually lets me know if I want to play this game or, or not. So we kind of had a back and forth and we settled on five hours being a reasonable number. Not every game, some games you finish in 30 minutes and that's it. But a lot of those games, you play them again and again and again, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. And each time you play, you open up different things and you're almost like the Dark Souls type games. Because, you know, the first time you play those types of games, you get crushed right away and you have to keep going back. Okay, what did I do wrong? Okay, I got to try this. I got to try that. Or the the games, you know, the platformers, Metroidvania or card games or things like that. Like, take a magic game. Magic games usually are not going to last for several hours. Especially when you're playing somebody who's better than you. They can be like, you know, five, six minutes, 12 minutes, 20 minutes, Hearthstone, whatever, you know. So you get a feel for it. So what do you think, Rob? Five hours? Would that be enough for you? Absolutely. I think... I even think in most cases, two hours has been fine, but I do think five hours would absolutely give me, especially with bigger games. And I spent, I mean, we, we deal with bigger games. You, you, I mean, mm -hmm. this whole entire site is dedicated to, to games that are difficult to completely comprehend in two hours. So right. I, I, 100%, I just don't know that that'll ever happen, to be honest. Well, here's the thing. So, the, so one of the reasons why I mentioned this is that, um, a question was posed to me. Now, as anybody who listens to the show, you guys know that I have a beef with Snapshot Games, the developers no. of Phoenix Park. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a bit upset about them. And they're like, well, you know, they did Epic Exclusive. You know, if you feel like you've been betrayed, why don't you pirate the game? You show them. And it's like, no, I will not pirate the game. Pirate it, getting it legally or illegally, getting it for free or not doesn't change the fact of whether you're playing the game or not and i refuse to participate now will i play phoenix point at some point in the future maybe once it hits steam and it's been out and i can pick it up for legitimately for 75 or 90 percent off then i'll buy it and then i'll go on twitter and be like haha i bought your game for 90 percent off that's all i think it's worth you know so <laughs> you know because you guys screwed us, well, huh, here's a finger in your your eye, you know, see how you <laughs> like that. Not that anybody's, uh, probably I'll get banned, you know, they'll just block me and dumb idiot, you know, random screaming voice into the void over there. But, you know, I'll feel better about it. But anyways, the point is, is I was like, no, I, I won't pirate a game. If um, 
I, I don't something that's changed as a result of Phoenix Point is that I stopped pre-ordering games. And I almost I was never a really big backer on Kickstarter or any of these, you know, public funding platforms. But after that, the only games that I will support are developers that I know and trust and who who have already put out products that I I play. Now, having said that, Julian Gollop, the lead guy for Phoenix Point, XCOM, hello, you know, me, XCOM, right? But even with that, Snapshot is a new studio. And when he was addressed by various people about, you know, you're the father of XCOM, this and that, he's like, no, but this is a different game. And this is a new studio. And we're doing things different. We're in the modern age. And, you know, and then that whole snide remark about only 5% or 6% of the people want a refund. We can give them a refund. We're already funded. That, was, to me, was like, oh, you, mm. profanity, profanity, lots of profanity, you know? So... So as a result of that, I just I won't back stuff unless I know for a hundred percent. And even then I'll be very hesitant because you know what? What's to stop them from going and oh look, now we're funded. Epic's out there handing out money, giant bags of money. We'll take the money now, but we'll give a really good game to the community. And it's like, okay, great. I won't back you. Try to get to Epic. And if you do get to them and they give you a big bag of money. If and when I do decide to pick up your game, I'll pay you 10% of what it's worth or 20% max, not a penny more. So that's why this five hours thing I think is good because for me, five hours is that number. Five hours in one minute, I don't know for sure. Four hours and 59, I'm close. (laughs) You know, it would be cool too if there was a way to set up like some sort of like almost block so that once you get to that five hour mark, you don't go over it. You know, like if I Mm. wanted to go into a game knowing that I wanted to spend some time with it to figure out how much I liked it or if I liked it, I could, you know, like have the option of it turning off or like kicking me out once I hit the five hour mark. So I never went over it. Right. Well, that's that's a steam thing. You know, that's not saying it's possible that they could do something like that. Yeah, I'm sure they could. So. But I do agree. So there's two things I want to say about what you said. And first of Mm -hmm. all, I totally agree that pirating is not the answer. You know, I don't think two wrongs make a right. I don't think that's ever been the way it should be. And, you know, if I think that a game's worth pirating, I think it's worth buying. Because if I'm going to go through the process of possibly infecting my computer with viruses or (laughs) any of that, I'd rather just buy it. Digital, digital STDs. Yeah, exactly. I just don't want any of that. So I'm not, I personally have never pirated a game. And that's because for the most part, I think that when someone develops a game that I'm interested in, they deserve my money. So, and I mean, nowadays I know this is a conversation that's been had on many other platforms and -hmm. and magazines and everything, but I mean, truth be told, games are actually pretty cheap. I mean, for what they're, what, what effort goes into them and stuff like that, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, they haven't, the the price of games hasn't changed much since I've started gaming, you know, almost 20 years ago. I don't know about that. Well, I'm, I think I'm, that's a topic of conversation. That oh, price of gaming. That I think we should talk about that in another show. Well, okay, but I'll get into it just real quickly. I'm not going to okay. go too far, and we can talk about it some other time. But I do remember playing, you know, like Nintendo games and Super Nintendo games, and they being around like the forty to fifty dollar price point. So, like, you're not talking about you're not talking about like like an extreme jump in pricing from the 80s, the mid 80s and 90s, mm. you know. 
So yeah, but pricing schemes have changed significantly. I, I totally agree with you, and so I know that you're going to go. I knew you were going to say that. I know that they're getting their money in different ways. And oh I, yeah, they're, they're, I think overall price of gaming. So it's funny. So I think the cost of the equipment has actually gone down significantly, especially right. if you take into account cost of inflation and things like that. Right. So, yeah. The machines we use, be it on a console, handheld, phone, or you know, laptop or tabletop or whatever you know, however you want to call it, tower. But even then, the games themselves have not gone down because what we get for the money now versus what we get for the money then, dollar for dollar is different. Now, I'm not saying that this is true for every single game. Obviously right. not, but like if you get a free to play game, they're not free to play. If you're bombarded nonstop by commercials, by ads, your game time is interrupted because of, oh, here, check out this. Or, oh, well, if you want this for free, you got to do this. And oh, you can only play for so many minutes before we lock you out. And if you pay us some money, we'll get you back. So things have changed. But again, this a is topic uh, for another week for another show. Yeah. Yes. So, but I know what you mean. I, I, I know what you mean. At so, face value, it looks like it's, it hasn't changed. Right. So then let me also say something to the, uh, the kickstarting stuff. hundred percent agree with you. I've unfortunately been involved in too many dead Kickstarter campaigns and have invested my money, hard earned money in some that I have been very vocal about in the past, you know, like mm -hmm. with at the gates, I was very upset about that. Oh and Yes. <laughs> yeah just a um, tad not, no, just, not as upset as i am with snapshot but you're more vocal about it yeah so, so you're more open i just i i complain directly to the people behind the scenes and then they block me <laughs> <laughs> well so and then to be to, to kind of clarify too it's it, there's been like six or seven that i've so when kickstarter was its thing when it was at its peak mm -hmm. i've invested in probably 20 kickstarters and of mm. those i've seen 10 come to fruition um of those 10 i'd say five of them are games that i really like oh so, that's pretty good that's one in four that's yeah, that's pretty good odds not bad right so yeah. i mean like some of the in particular one of the games that is really that really stands out to me is grim dawn which is a game that i kickstarted mm. and it's one of the best action role-playing games i've ever played in my life so yeah with that being said, I do think that I'm with you on that and that if I don't have a little bit more than just maybe a great proposition, I'm not going to back anything else anymore. Muha Games will get my money. You know, uh, recently, Dominus Galaxia, I sent mm -hmm. over over $100 mm -hmm. to because I really believe in what Jeff's doing. And I know that he's already got a product. So it's not like I'm really... I mean, right, at right. At the end of the day, I'm not losing anything. There's, there's a game that I can play. So... But the other things were like the the details are a little bit more generic and less fleshed out. I'm not gonna do that anymore. It's just not for me anymore. So So you wanna hear something funny? What's that? So I also kickstarted Xenonauts too. And, and that's I a game that I know will end up being something because Xenonauts one was great. I think that uh what is it? Oh like yeah. Gold something. I forget what they're called. Yeah. Anyways, the developer behind it's Xenonauts. It's too late at night. It's yeah. too late at night for <laughs> I me do, to try I, and remember. That's a safe bet, though, right? Because you had Xenonauts 1. I don't, guys, I don't know, but I haven't seen or heard anything. It's, like, it's ramping up. I was actually going to start adding that to our new cycle because there okay. is some recent updates about that. And it sounds like that's coming. The early access is coming to Steam before the end of the year. So 
I hope so, because I believe it was supposed to be out in March of this year. It was, yes. <laughs> I just read that too. So, so yeah, from now on, I guess no one's really considering whatever they say to be, you know, set in stone, but it does sound like this year. So we'll be able to talk about it oh. soon, I'm sure. Okay. But let's talk about something that I think the entire world is talking about, especially the gaming world. And I know that it's microtransactions. Just, yeah, I know. They're so important right now. Let's talk about them. Yeah. Or we could talk about Blizzard. I mean, it's yeah, let's talk about Blizzard. But okay, listen, no profanity. Remember, this is a profanity free show. We're trying our best. I, I've seen some of your I've seen some of your tweets, man. <laughs> okay, like, so we do consider ourselves PG-13 and it's actually rated as a PG-13 podcast, which means we get right. one F-bomb. So, I mean, we can use it. <laughs> I, I don't want to use it. <laughs> How about we just say WTF Blizzard? Let's just let's leave that as our F bomb. So I'm afraid if I let one out, I I will not be able to stop. Yeah, it's it is a slippery slope. So I'm gonna keep it s somewhat PG as well. So what I'll say is that for those that don't know, and I don't know anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, recently mm -hmm. Blizzard with one of their Hearthstone champions rescinded their winnings and banned a a two stream two uh casters i think two casters and the hearthstone champion for supposed well not in, in, supposed they were no, violations they were violations they were violations of their rules which states that you're not allowed to say anything political in order to keep politics out of what's meant to be like fun right right this guy says something to the effect of uh free Hong Kong revolution of the age or something. Okay. Like that. We've just been banned in China. Yeah, that's fine. And <laughs> as a result, he was, I mean, clearly that's a huge hot button topic in China right now. And for good reason, because I mean, I'm not going to go too much into it, but there are atrocities that are being committed every day in Hong Kong. And so the idea was that Blizzard thought they could get away with what they did by stating it being a, a policy violation, mm -hmm. but everybody and their mom realized that it was that that Blizzard was kowtowing to the Chinese, right? And that wasn't okay with nearly anyone. <laughs> so there's been a lot of hoopla, a lot of rightful anger and frustration, and banning or not banning and uh, banding together, banding together, but also boycotting, which mm -hmm. I. I'm with, I'm, I'm there. I think that, and I'll say my piece and I'm sure you've got something to say, but for me, it's not, you know, I, I do try to keep politics out of my games because good mm -hmm. Lord, I don't need them. They're so awful. And n there's no one who's ever going to, you know, convince me of anything and I'm not going to convince anybody else of anything. So politics should be kept out of most things. Right. Yeah. But in this case, there are like literal crimes being committed against a group of people that want their freedom. Yes. And, you know, as Americans, I think we've always stood for freedom. And I know that there's some real gray lines there, but, yeah, you know, just we, a <laughs> but at the same time, I think the American people in general feel very strongly about freedom and the freedom of speech. And why, while I know that, that, a corporation such as Activision Blizzard doesn't need to necessarily, you know, provide freedom of speech because they're mm -hmm. a corporation and they're yeah. private. Yeah. I do believe that what they did was contrary to 
the ways that we, I, I mean, okay, so I have no problem with them saying what you did was wrong, right? Because right. we don't want that in our games. We don't want that in Hearthstone. We don't want that in Blizzard, whatever. Right. But I don't think it's okay that they took away his rightful winnings, which well, they now have given back. I understand. Right. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to make that. But the, the reason why the whole the, they only gave it back because there was so much kickback. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. But I don't think it's. They okay needed to save face. This <laughs> somehow, and they did a little bit. No, to be they didn't. Well, they, I mean, they're they trying to. They think they did, but what they did just shows how gutless they are. You well, know the, what? Yeah. Oh, this. Yeah. Just give me one second to finish, yeah, and, yeah, and you'll. Yeah. You, I'll have. I'll let you. But so that's my problem is that what I think what I do I think that the guy should have done what he did no I don't because I do think you should keep it out do I think he was that was worthy of taking away ten thousand dollars and then banning him for a year absolutely not and I think that was like I said kowtowing to the Chinese who probably very quickly said uh kick those guys out you know do something about this this isn't okay right and if you're gonna stay in china you're gonna listen to us right and that's been that's been proven across many different uh industries it just uh, happened with the nba too right it, it's like china is like very clearly making it it's it's prerogative to butt itself into almost all of our <laughs> culture right now and and so what i what i'd like to say is that no matter what Blizzard does from this point forward, you know, we were just talking about sour notes and, mm -hmm. you know, being spoiled and forever being, you know, mm -hmm. angry about some things. And mm -hmm. I, I won't ever let this go because I feel like Activision Blizzard, Blizzard was a, an American company. We. It is uh, an American company. It's still an American company, I, right, but, but it has a lot of influence out of China. Absolutely, and it's understandable, uh, understandable because it's clearly a huge market for them. But it, we, we Americans, I, I know I personally contributed to their success. Yes. you know, we're the reason they are Activision Blizzard. Blizzard is known throughout the world because, I mean, granted, yes, they they created great games, but we supported them by buying their games, and. I supported them by buying nearly every game they've ever made, right. except for some of the World of War, Warcraft expansions. But right. everything else, I've, I mean, hell, I've put in money into Hearthstone. I, I like their games. I just, moving forward, I, I won't support them. Diablo 4 is a game that I was excited about. It is already not something I'm going to buy outright. It's just not going to be a game. So mm -hmm. for me, and I just want to end on this note, is that it, I'm not okay with, with, I'm not okay with, with, bowing down to any foreign government, regardless of who they are, especially a totalitarian regime like that, and especially one that's contrary to the beliefs and, and ethics that I believe Americans try to, you know, uphold. Hmm. And whether or not we're really doing that. That's, I, a, different, that's, a, different, that's, a, whole that's a whole other podcast, really. I mean, like, not even an Explominate podcast. Right. So, I don't know. What do you think, man? All right, there's a lot to unpack here. So first of all, here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna play devil's advocate, but I'm going to make an, I'm gonna make a devil's advocate type of example, and I'll just do it from a perspective of a parent. So as a parent, if my children do something and I punish them, right? I, I try to make sure that the punishment fits the crime or fits the, not a crime, but fits the, you know, whatever transgression they <laughs> perpetrated that the punishment is fitting. And 
one of the things I do is when I see that they're about to do something, right? Like I know that something that they're doing is going to lead to a particular outcome that they're not going to like. I give them a warning. I, I try to head it off of the past. I'm like, hey, if you do this, this might happen. If you do that, that might happen. If you do this other thing, well, trust me, you don't want to do this other thing because you don't want to know what happens, you know? So in the case of Blizzard, when this player made his political stance. Now, interestingly enough, he didn't jump up and scream that, you know, uh, everybody should pick up arms and take down the government. He didn't. I'm certain plenty of people heard that, but at least from what I understand of what was said, that wasn't what he said, but maybe it was implied. I I can't go as to that. I, I, I will not put words in his or anybody else's mouth. I'm just saying that from what I heard, his message was about what's happening in Hong Kong, right? Now, Blizzard could have given him like a very stern warning. Hey, this is your one and only warning. You want to make a statement like that? You do that on your private time. You do not do that during a, an official interview on air because then it looks like we are behind your message. Now, we understand as an individual, you have a right to your opinions. You have a right to your beliefs. You have a right to your stance. That is fine. But this is essentially a job. And while you're on this job, here is the code of conduct. Now, had they done that and made a warning to him and to the casters. Now, here's the thing. For a while there, it was looking like those those uh, casters were not in on it. They Footage just come out of them having exchanges where it's like, okay, you say this and we're going to cut the stream. So they knew this. And some of their acting like, oh, my future is ruined. Well, it's one of those things like guilty by association. If you knew he was going to do this and you let him do it, then you're, whether you knew the extent of what was going to be done or not, you're now officially guilty by association. And sorry, but you're guilty by association. So if Blizzard had done that, there would still be plenty of people that are angry, but at least Blizzard would have been on a on the high road, you know, or higher road. They could have shown their rules and regulations. Here's, you know blah, 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 look at this line, this specifically states, everybody that's participating in this knows this, blah, 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 blah. They did it. Their reaction was like a snap reaction. And I don't even know if some minister or ministry or whoever, some censor out of China even picked up the phone and called Blizzard and active and said, yo, 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 what is happening here? I don't even know because their reaction was so fast that either they they were waiting to do this somewhere or that they were like, oh, oh, let's do this real fast so we can show them that we're loyal Chinese, you know, we're in China and we follow the rules of China. Well, if that was only in China or directed towards a Chinese audience, hell, we wouldn't even know about it because there's so much censorship over there. There's so little information that gets back to us about these things. We don't know about it. But like what happened with the NBA and with any any person right now that shows support for Hong Kong, they're basically persona non grata and anything to do with China. And I get it. If in the U.S. we had uh, all of a sudden U.S. Samoa or Puerto Rico like start basically, oh, let us go, or Hawaii, which is a U.S. state, start this, I'm sure that 
with uh, politics being as divisive as they are right now. And I'm sure we would not, our reaction would not be very magnanimous. Oh, it's okay. Freedom of speech. You're free. I think behind the scenes, there would be a whole lot of uh, fake news and, you know, this is a conspiracy and you're out to get us. And, you know, so I get it. I really do get it. But just, I think that had Blizzard done what they did now, but they had done that a week ago and been more transparent about it, they wouldn't be in the position they're in now. Now, interestingly enough, they're probably not the last company that's going to do this. And I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing outbursts like this more and more. So it'll be, I don't know if I would say interesting. It might be terrifying to see how all of this works out. But things like this are happening all the time and we don't know about it. And U.S. corporations are complicit in the fact that they put in these back doors into our games, into our internet, into our browsers for totalitarian regimes to cut out the internet and do things like this. And I mean, I know I went way off the reservation with that. Sorry, I apologize in advance. I'm sure people will jump in. This is a video game show. Stop talking about all these contemporary topics. And it's like, I can't because these contemporary topics are invading our games. These these companies, Blizzard Activision, have been like electronic arts, have been abusing gamers with their abusive microtransactions. They're, they're just not just them. Take two, 2K, all of them. They're just, it's awful, the stuff that they're doing. And now, if that wasn't bad enough that they're trying to rob us blind, now they're telling us what to think and how to think it and what is appropriate and what is not. That is where I want to leave that off. So I'm very curious to see. I know a few, I, I can, I can, behind the scenes, once we're done, I will tell you who's going to say what. And you're going to, and later on, you can confirm whether I was right or not a week from now. You're going to be like, yep, Nate called it. So I I know already some of the reactions we're going to get for this, but I'm more curious about some of the other ones. And now, please, let's not start any flame wars. Let's not do like whole, uh, you know, be it on Discord or on Steam or wherever else, like, or Reddit or whatever, just like invasions about that stuff where people jump in and, you know. This is really is about the video games, mostly, as best as I can do. I think so with that said, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. And I didn't curse. And boy, did I want to curse. Oh, yeah, I want. Very good. I, I'm sure Troy, when he listens to this, he's going to be like, you should have been cursing. Down with them. I'm like, no, it's okay. Hey, so speaking of which, um, what have you played this week? Well, I mean, clearly I played some Immortal Realms Vampire mm-hmm. Wars, and I keep playing that because mm-hmm. I enjoy it a lot. And I have... I have a couple more episodes planned, and mm. one of them's already been recorded, so it'll be uploaded. And nice. I also have dabbled in a few other games that I'm trying to remember. In fact, why don't you go ahead and tell me what you played, and then I'll So, I'll tell you about what I was planning to play this week before I tell you what I did play. So, I had I like four games on my queue to play this weekend. I was going to do some Endless Space. I was going to do some NDA, 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 which I can't talk about. <laughs> I was going to do um, Oriental Empires, five games. I was going to do um, Age of Wonders, Planetfall, and Thea 2. So what do you think I actually ended up playing? Thea 2. Yes. And the NDA game, which I can't talk about. I just wanted to sneak it in there because I know it make, <laughs> a couple of people makes them really angry when I do that. So I'm doing it to spite them. No, actually, I can't talk about it because I, I can't, since the stuff has not been revealed, I cannot say anything. 
about it. So, but once it's revealed, then I can go back and be like, remember that NDA time? That's what I was doing. But I, so in Thea 2, I talked about the recently how they added Pangea and they did a couple of other tweaks. So I've been messing around with that and that it is so much fun. And I downloaded a couple of mods that, so in Thea 2, there's workshops, Steam workshop support. So I downloaded a few mods, like a couple, uh, what's his name? I think his name is Zeno Reaver. He has a couple of custom events and things like that. So I did that and um, I downloaded another one about making jewelry lighter. So one of the <laughs> issues in Thea 2 is like you can, you equip your characters a whole bunch of different ways, right? And one of the things you can do is you can give them a jewelry item. So you give them a ring or give them a necklace or something like that. Well, the ring comes in at um, whatever unit of weight is is being used. And since some of these rings were as much as a full armor set, I'm going to go ahead and just call it, you know, kilograms or something to that extent, you know, or I don't know, whatever the breakdown is. So you have a ring, you have a ring that goes on one finger that has the same weight as like heavy armor, you know? And it's just, yeah. like, it's kind of crazy. So one of the mods, like, you know, tones it down a bit, dials it back. So things like that. And I downloaded another mod that had artwork, but not, uh, not like the alternate artwork for the main characters, but like for the pets. So that's kind of cool. So, yeah. So I did, I played mostly Thea 2. And then next thing I know, I look up and my weekend is gone. <laughs> and I, and I played, I started playing. I think on Monday, like an hour here, an hour there, and then an hour here, hour there, Tuesday, and then like 20 minutes on Wednesday, and maybe one or two hours on Friday, and then next thing I know, I just looked at how much I played, and I'm like, there's no way I played this much. I don't know, unless Steam is a liar, apparently I did, and I don't leave my games run, so I don't know. I don't know how I got anything done this weekend with the amount I played, so yeah. That's I, I think I'm starting to reveal my game of the year contender, even though I'll probably be the only one who votes for it. No, you may not be. I don't I I still need to dive into it. So I I mean it it's possible that it sweeps me away too. So Well, we'll uh, you're we'll starting to like card games. Yeah, no, I've I've actually really started to have a a, a pretty strong positive feeling on card games. So I don't know. I'll, it's worth, I'll it's give you a couple of tricks. I'll teach you not tricks. I hate that. Seven tricks to do this. Nine <laughs> tricks. To, I, every time I see that, I just want to like, no, why? You've ruined that word. I'll give you a couple of hints that'll not only make things make more sense, because that's one of the issues with Thea 2 is like just the way the information is conveyed is not the best. But again, how many games can say that? We can put it, what, on one hand for thousands of games that actually do a good job conveying information. So I, I have no complaints with that. But I'll tell you, like, a couple of nice little things you can do with combat. And then when you play it, you can be like, whoa, that's really cool. So, yeah, no, that'd be great. When I'm, you're I'm really, ready, of course. I'm really excited about number three. You won't believe what number three is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... Uh, well, then to go back to what I was playing, I mm -hmm. did get a chance to play a few games that I haven't played in a long time. Mm. And one of those is being Xenia's Ark, which mm -hmm. I believe is a game I'm not really going to be able to talk about too much yet. But it is a 4X game that's trying to do something very similar to Pax Nova, but it's been doing it for longer than Pax Nova has been in development. So, yes, 
I'll be talking about that at some point. Wasn't this like one of the first games we talked about when we first started talking? Oh, yes. It, it was so, a game so that we knew five about. Five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was on our radar very, 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 very preemptively <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, five years ago. But mm-hmm. yeah, now it's actually a real game and I've been playing oh. it. So I look forward to talking to people about it when I can. And then okay. there's a game called Legend of Keepers, which I think is going to be a game I'm going to highlight with the less explore, less explored is it a game stuff. about football? No, legend about of legendary goaltenders. Yes, it's actually exactly about that. No, it's nice. it's a game about basically managing a dungeon. Mm. But okay. it's not like a dungeon keeper game. It's more of a strategic. It's so difficult to explain that I'd have a hard time. <laughs> is it like it. dungeon architect essentially? No, it's you have a you you basically in charge of hiring monsters for your dungeon and then setting them up and leveling them correctly and setting up like the various dungeon rooms correctly Hmm. so that when these heroes come through to like take your riches you have set it all up beforehand so that you can win so that you can fight them off right okay is there a union you're basically and it's there is some like humor to it but there's also a very deep strategic element that i really like so it'll be a game that I definitely highlight it at some point. We'll we'll get, you know, that taken care of. And then um, I've been playing some Godhood, which is a game that I did kickstart. Mm-hmm. And it's a game that is starting to finally shape up. I'm going to do a podcast with the developers before you hear this. Oh, But it won't okay. be out until probably at the end of this week. And it's featuring, I mean, we're talking about Godhood. So Abbey Games is, a, you know... I think they've developed like four or five games before now. I'm trying to think of the big ones. I mean, um, Renowned Explorers is one of them. Mm-hmm. And Rus, Reus, however uh-huh. you pronounce that. So they've got a few games. And now they got Godhood. And so we're oh, is that the, the one with the world? That one? Yeah, yeah. Re- oh, Reus. I have that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, R-E-U-S. Yep. I don't know how you pronounce it, but Reus. that's how I'm trying. Reus. Yeah, Reus. Reus sounds good to me. That's a fun game. Yeah, so they've done some great games. It turns out that Godhood hasn't been very well received. Mm. So I want to talk to them about how they plan on making it better. So, mm. gotcha. But that's it for this week. So, and there's we we're going way over time than we expected. So, yeah. Do, do you have anything else you want to say other than a thank you to our patrons? patrons? No, nope, just a big thank you to our patrons and to our community members on Steam, Discord, and wherever else you ha- they happen to be. And uh, nope. That's oh, I think Oliver has a couple of pieces going up this week, right? Yeah, but by the time you read this, we'll have an excursion for Children of Morta, which is an action role playing game that he played and did an excursion for. And then he mm-hmm. also has a Mechanical Wonders for. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. Victory Condition from Age of Wonders Three. So if you guys haven't already checked those out, oh. <laughs> no. yeah, he's been wanting checked, to do that for a while. Yeah, and they'll be up by the time you hear this. So check him out. He's a great writer. So. But since there's nothing else to say at this point, we will wrap this really long episode up by saying thank you for every, to everybody. Thanks for listening. And this was Rob and Nate for Explominate. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.